As a person with a very deep voice, I'm hired all the time for advertising campaigns. But a deep voice doesn't sell B2B. And advertising on the wrong platform doesn't sell B2B either. That's why if you're a B2B marketer, you should use LinkedIn ads. LinkedIn has the targeting capabilities to help you reach the world's largest professional audience. That's right, over 70 million decision makers all in one place. All the big wigs, then medium wigs, also small wigs who are on the path to becoming big wigs. Okay, that's enough about wigs. LinkedIn ads allows you to focus on getting your B2B message to the right people. So, does that mean you should use ads on LinkedIn instead of hiring me, the man with the deepest voice in the world? Yes. Yes, it does. Get started today and see why LinkedIn is the place to be to be. We'll even give you a $100 credit on your next campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash results to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash results. Terms and conditions apply. Hello, listeners. Jess here. Have you heard our newest show, Winnie Taylor's Fourth and Inches? Winnie Taylor is just a teenager when her mother dies, sending her to Cleveland to reunite with her dad, a former football player. It's an inspirational story about sports, family, and learning to overcome the barriers that hold us back. Winnie Taylor's Fourth and Inches has something for everyone. Action-packed football games, a story about friendship, and a father-daughter story that will warm everyone's heart. I know you're going to love it. Follow Winnie Taylor's Fourth and Inches wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen early and ad-free with a GZM family subscription. Head to gzmshows.com for more. What is this place? According to the star maps, it's... Earth Rangers! Am I here? I'm actually having a night out at the movies. You know, because I'm trying to relax and... So anyways, I'm here, you know, doing relaxing, normal human stuff, but I just noticed something that drives me absolutely nuts and I had to share it. Did you hear that? See? That? That is totally incorrect. I know it's a planet in a made-up galaxy, but come on! That's the call of the common loon. A water bird found in every single province and territory of Canada as well as the northern United States and Greenland? I mean, it definitely would not be found on Villainous Prime. Can you be quiet, please? Uh, we have sorry, sorry, sorry about that. Coming in from three different vectors. You know what? Do you read me? Let's just go check out some real loons. They are way cooler than anything that exists a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away anyways. Come on. Can you sit down? Oops, sorry. 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 Oh, <laughs> popcorn. Yeah, sorry about that. Sorry, um, could you... Can you be quiet, please? Okay. Be quiet. Whew. Glad we're out of there. Let me just hop on my bike and... We'll head out to the Scarborough Bluffs, and I'll show you what I mean. I should say, it's not actually my bike. It's a shared municipal bike, which I think is so incredibly cool. Resource-sharing programs like communal bikes are such an environmentally friendly way to get around. And they make sure that everyone has a chance to enjoy physical exercise. Total win-win. Let's get my helmet on. Okay, let's really get into it. Loons? have an incredibly distinctive and mournful cry. I can see why filmmakers would want to use it to express how barren and lonely a desert planet might be. It's a cool artistic tool, but it doesn't at all reflect how these incredible birds actually fit into their ecological niche. Oh, 
That's actually a really important term to learn. A species' ecological niche means the range of resources and conditions allowing the species to maintain a viable population. Basically, what they need to eat and how they need their environment to be to thrive. Or just how they fit into the system overall, including alongside other species. Oh, sorry! Sorry, okay. You know what, guys? I actually, I think I need to focus while I'm biking around. I will check in again once I get to the bluffs. <sighs> okay, no more movie settings. Right now, I'm standing in the literal literal of Lake Ontario. Oh, and no, I didn't trip over my words. A literal area is simply the area right next to the shore that's under the water. It's also called the near shore. Right now, it's the early evening. This is the prime time for hearing loon whales. They tend to be most vocal in the evening, and it's also an ideal location for loon listening. Which, speaking of, why don't I give you a little loon list to help you identify these warbling waterbirds by sight as well as sound? Loons, and common loons in particular, are large aquatic fowl that can both dive and fly. They have rounded heads and sharp, low-slung beaks that are perfect for catching fish, frogs, crayfish, mussels, leeches, and water bugs of every stripe. They have long bodies and itty-bitty tails that are not usually visible. Size-wise, you can think of them as landing between a mallard duck and a Canadian goose. Or you could say between a football and a lawn gnome. Between a... You know what? I'll just put pictures in the show notes page in the app so you can find your own ornithological bearings. Ornithology is the study of birds, BT-dubs. The common loon is an uncommonly good diver. They can dive to depths of up to 70 meters and stay down there for around three minutes, if they want. That said, most dives last about 40 seconds. And loons are medium distance migrants, which means they don't go on an epic voyage like the Arctic Tern, which flies from pole to pole every year, but they will flap their wings all the way to the Carolinas to winter. Loons have black and white spotted backs and red eyes. Kind of a goth look to match their mournful wail. Speaking of which, that's not the only sound they make. They also yodel, tremolo, and hoot, although their wail is definitely the most distinctive. You know what? Let me play you those on my phone. This one is the so-called Trello sound. And this one is the hoot sound. Now, this one is called a yodel. <laughs> I'm not kidding. Yodel-a-hee-hoo. And that one is what we call a whale though hopefully we'll get to hear a live performance. Also, movies are just the newest type of storytelling that loons have been part of. They have a place in a wide array of indigenous lore, including the tales of the Algonquin, Mima, and Cree tribes. One of my favorites is a story from the Alaskan Shimshayan people about loons restoring a man's sight. Seems like humans have always been fascinated and moved by that lonesome call echoing out over the lake. I do want to take a moment to excuse my terrible theater etiquette. I don't usually talk over a movie uh, most of the time. It's just that when I heard the loon's distinctive call being used to give that alien planet spooky vibes, well, I couldn't help but think about the actual loons on our actual planet. 
Because right now, they're actually part of Earth Ranger's current U.S. wildlife adoptions program. It's true. As we speak, Earth Rangers is supporting the work of the amazing team at International Bird Rescue. Common loons are just one of over 100 different species of water birds that International Bird Rescue cares for when injured, oiled, or displaced by human activities. You know what? While we're waiting for a loon or two to make an appearance, why don't we just call up Kylie Clatterbuck, the Wildlife Center Manager for the Southern Californian location. Kylie has a lot of great experience working with loons and other aquatic birds at the centers and responding to wildlife emergencies in the U.S. and abroad. She will definitely know way more than me about the challenges faced by these beautiful birds and all the best ways to help. Hmm, let's see if she's around. Hello? Uh, hello, Kylie? Yes, this is Kylie with International Bird Rescue. Oh, I am so glad I reached you. I'm actually standing ankle-deep in Lake Ontario right now, and it's got me thinking all about the many different birds that call this lake home, especially the common loon. Would you mind if I asked you a few questions about them? Oh, absolutely. Okay, I guess first off, what's your favorite loon fact? Oh, that's a great question. One of the really cool things about loons is when they're ready to have babies, they create nests just on the edge of the waterline, making a large mound with different types of plant material. Um, and they, they sit up there and they lay their eggs. And once their chicks hatch, uh, they actually get back into the water with their chicks. Their chicks spend most of their time floating around on their moms and their dad's backs. And they, you know, spend some time in the water as well. But that's the only time a loon would come onto land as if it's making a nest and uh, incubating its eggs. Wow, that's so cool. I I didn't know that. So are you saying that loons, who are such elegant swimmers and flyers, are really clumsy on land? Loons actually can't walk very well. They can take a couple very awkward steps, but the loons' bodies are really heavy and their hips are really far back on their body and very narrow. So the way that their legs are positioned, they're top heavy. So they might be able to stand and take a couple steps, but they are not able to walk on land. That's fascinating, who knew? Okay, so the reason I called was because I would love to hear a bit more about your work at International Bird Rescue. International Bird Rescue, um, well, our mission here is to inspire people to act towards balance with the natural world. And we do that by rescuing water birds in crisis. And loons loons are uh, one of those birds that we rescue. Oh, right. And what does that look like on a day-to-day basis? Uh, My day-to-day work kind of, it's different every day, Uh, revolves around rehabilitating sick, injured, oiled, and even orphaned wild water birds. Um, You know, when we get a new patient in, we take time to do a full physical exam to try to determine why the bird needs help. And sometimes we can determine the cause of an injury. Um, Other times we don't know why the bird is sick. So we do our best to help it get better so it can be released back into the wild. Mm, Gotcha. That sounds interesting. Could you tell me what kinds of difficulties these birds tend to face? One of the biggest threats to these birds um, out in their wild habitats are actually humans. So urban development can often cause loss of their own habitats or their homes and their nesting spaces or overpopulated areas can take those 
resources away from the birds. Um, things like water pollution, oil spills, and overfishing can make it really hard for loons uh, to survive out in their own natural environment. So we need to try to do our best to uh, you know, live and coexist with wild animals and not take up too much of their own resources so that they can survive and thrive out in the wild. Right. That's so true. Okay, well, do you have a favorite rehab story? Oh, my goodness. Uh, There's so many. So, you know, for me, each and every rescue is really unique and special. I've seen a lot of things in my time here at Bird Rescue. Any chance we get to rehabilitate and release a bird back into its natural environment leaves a really lasting impact on me and my team. Um, Some of my most impactful rescue stories are, are of these oiled animals. Oh, yeah. Those must be really tough cases. So then what can you do to help birds that got caught in an oil spill? Getting the oil off feathers is a really complicated uh, complicated process, but we use Dawn dishwashing soap. Wow. Uh, we make a big old bubble bath for these birds, and we help wash all of that oil off the feathers using some of that Dawn soap. And after all the oil is off, we take some Um, warm water and we spray all the rest of the oil and all the rest of the soap off of the bird. And then we put them under a big hair dryer and let them dry. (laughs) Really? Almost like a hair salon for birds. Uh, When a bird comes in oil, it oftentimes doesn't even resemble itself. The oil tatters and covers up their unique and beautiful feather patterns. So uh, after a bird is washed, you get to see these beautiful feathers come back to life. You see the bird Uh, feeling much better now that it's clean and able to go back and live in water. So anytime we can rescue these birds and give them a second chance back in the wild, um, you know, that's, it's always very, very meaningful to us. Oh yeah. I can see that. That must be so special. So what can my listeners do to get involved and help this awesome aquatic bird? Um, You can join the Shoreline Saver Mission on the Earth Rangers app, and you can learn all about it and organize your own beach cleanups. That's some of the ways to help be a hero to your wildlife. You said it. Um, You can also try using less water and, you know, when you're cleaning your dishes at the sink, uh, recycling and taking out the trash. You know, always recycle and limit the waste that we're producing. So true. Um, Like I mentioned earlier, clean up after yourself and others. Uh, you know, if you see somebody throw some trash down, help pick that up and keep our beaches, ponds, lakes, and parks. Help keep that clean. You know, birds eat leftover food. They eat leftover packaging and can become sick. Um, so we want to do our best to prevent that from happening. Uh, you can keep a safe distance, uh, like we talked about from a bird. When you see one, appreciate the animal from a distance. Uh, learn about it. Go home if you see a bird in the wild and look it up on the Internet and try to figure out all the special things about that one animal. Um, and lastly, keep getting involved with your community, spreading the word about what bird rescue does, uh, what you can do to help the natural world, but organize your own beach cleanup. Um, And we need your help to help keep everything clean and safe for wildlife. Wow, Kylie. Couldn't have said it better myself. Those were some great tips. Well, it was awesome talking to you, Kylie. And thank you so much for all the important work you do. I am so glad the loons have a friend like you. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. I'm so happy to be able to talk about loons. Bye! Bye! Wow, it was so amazing talking to a real-life animal rescuer. And if 
if you want to help the international bird rescue's efforts, maybe you should consider adopting a loon in the Earth Rangers app. You'll even get a loon plushie. Everyone benefits. You get to help the loons, and you get a new cozy, cuddly friend. And International Bird Rescue gets extra help with the rescue and release work. Actually, you know what? If you head over to the show notes page for today's episode, you'll find a super fun quiz and a giveaway. We're going to give away one free loon adoption kit to one lucky listener. Check it out in the Earth Rangers app. Hmm. I guess we'll just... uh... Wait now for balloons to arrive. I wonder how my movie actually ended. I guess I could just imagine a new ending. You know, I could, I could really just imagine any ending that I that I want. Hmm. Ouch. Ow. Mm-hmm. Ow. Oh. Oh my goodness. I'm getting eaten alive by bugs, which I suppose from an ecological standpoint is a good ouch thing. But oh, okay. Let's appreciate. The biodiversity here, we've got some some mosquitoes, which, believe it or not, are water bugs. They actually pupate in still pools, which, when you think of a big lake like Lake Ontario that actually has waves, ow, ow, you wouldn't automatically picture, but, but these little biters will often lay eggs in shallow pools just adjacent to lakes where water gets trapped. Also, ow, yeah, that was a, that was a big one. Black flies, which are just, oh, you know what, I don't have a fact for them. They're just the worst. They're the worst. Well, for me, but not for the creatures that eat them. You know what? I'm actually going to think of this as a good sign that, ow, ow, there's lots of food for all the waterfowl and amphibians that make their homes here. Ouch, ouch. Okay, you know what, you know what? I think I've had enough. As much as I respect the niche mosquitoes and black flies occupy in the ecology of the lake, I don't think I want to be part of the food chain anymore. (sighs) Rats. I was really hoping we'd get to hear a real, live, common loon in their true habitat. Oh well, you don't win every time. Hmm. Here, just one sec, I'm gonna put my recorder down while I'm putting on my helmet. <clears throat> okay, Earth Rangers. Thank you for joining me on my night out to the movies and eventually the lake. And stay curious and keep on ranging. again about the Loom No Show. Bye! I'm Amy. I'm Oded. I'm Ethan. I'm Awa. And, and we're, we're a GZM family. Join us and listen to Fourth and Inches. Here, here we, we go, brownies. Here we go. Hey, animal lovers. Earth Ranger Emma here to tell you about my favorite app, the Earth Rangers app. By signing up for a free membership, 
you can access tons of fun content like daily animal trivia, puzzles, top ten lists, and my podcast, of course. In the app, you can send me notes by commenting on the episode pages. I just love hearing from you. You can also complete environmental missions, do eco-friendly crafts, and help protect animals. And if you use the code Emma in the code vault, you'll earn 25 bonus points to help you level up. Download today, and I'll see you in the app.